It's August 14th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. And just like that, we are in the middle of the dog days of summer. I've wanted to say that for a while now, but we are officially in the dog days of summer because it's hot and it's humid and you know that we're training for the lakefront marathon and i know that you're running so keep it up uh another note it's kind of crazy but the pandemic's been going on for six months now um i've been fortunate enough to work at home but it's crazy to think that it's been six months i was actually back in our office this week and it was just kind of like this trippy scenario where it's like it feels like 10 years, it feels like two days, but like it's six months. So I don't know if anyone else has been feeling that way, um, but that's another fun fact. And then my last fun fact is running is a contact sport. It, what do you mean running is a contact sport? Well, I was out for my run this week, my challenge day, at a two mile warm up. At mile 1.67, I tripped on a crack and fell down and it looks like I rolled down a hill. I have the knee, look look at my knee, look at my knee episode. Whoa. Yeah, 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 so you guys can't see that, but it's freaking nuts. It looks like I got in a fight or rolled down a hill or something, but I literally, and I'm, uh, I'm doing a warm up. So I'm running like 1030. So I'm not like breaking land speed records, tripping. I'm just like being clumsy and tripped and fell. Anyway, so my knees are all banged up. I got some bruises. We have a great show for you today. Apostoli is on the West Coast, living that California living. California. Apostoli loves to party. The boys break down their long run together last weekend. Yes, I just referred to myself in third person. And when Coach Matt asked how my long run went, which we'll get into, I... Um, I had some excuses and Coach Matt gave it to me straight. Also, our favorite part of the podcast, we Zoom it up with Lucia Munoz, avid runner, owner of Laughing Taco, member of Girls on the Run Southeast Wisconsin. She's on the board and more importantly, a teacher right here in our community. Today's episode is sponsored by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. As you know, Mimosa is my favorite. And if I haven't said this before, their fries and burger are delicious. I had one the other weekend. I can't stop talking about it. Yes, they do more than brunch and breakfast. They make cheeseburgers. There might only be one on the menu, but it's freaking delicious. So if you're not in the mood for burgers and fries, no worries. No flipping worries. Mimosa has a wide range of breakfast food from their delicious pancakes to their crepes to their chicken and waffles to their Greek yogurt. Oh my goodness, I'm getting hungry again. And we're going to get hungry later when we talk about tacos too. Anyways, Apostoli, welcome to the show all the way from a different time zone. From San Francisco. By the way, if you want to try something different at Mimosa, I recommend the uh, Dolores Benedict, which is inspired by San Francisco, because I'm here right now, I should say it. I was I was sitting at Dolores Park back when people were free to roam inside the city and sit on the lawn right next to each other. And I, I came up with that recipe. So go and try the Dolores Benedict because it is both healthy and delicious. It's my favorite thing. It's got sauteing mushrooms. It's got this cream cheese chive dressing that we came up with. Arugula galore. 
and a chia maple vinaigrette on top of sourdough bread and your two poached eggs or any way you like them on top. And you can have it with french fries so you can make Alex happy. You should have just named it Flavortown USA. Oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> dye my hair. So I saw that on your menu, like the name. And I since you know, your parents used to own restaurants. You guys have mm-hmm. a lot of friends who are older, are older. They've been dining with you guys since they were younger. And I honestly thought Dolores was probably named after one of your parents' old customers. Because Dolores is totally a grandma name. And it's it is, literally yeah. a park in San Francisco. Wow. The more you know. The more you know. That's so funny. Well, hey, I also don't know why I read this ad. Like, it's your place. You should just read the ad. You you probably would speak on it a little bit better. It sounds a little more unbiased. Still, though, I'm part of this show, and then we also sponsor this this podcast, which is great. Because we don't do advertising. We could not sponsor any other podcast because we don't pay for... Uh, all our all our advertising money goes to nonprofits, so we 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 don't we never advertise. So it's nice to be able to advertise on something. Uh, yeah. Well, and Did that, you know that? And there, Did you know that, Alex? Yeah. As your marketing director, I know these things, dude. <laughs> you shouldn't brag about that anymore. <laughs> Wait, you're the marketing director of Mimosa. They haven't posted on Instagram in a year. I didn't say that I actively am the marketing manager of Mimosa. <laughs> Uh, but you're the one that is closest to it, correct? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so running, what's going on? Dude, well, I just told you guys my story about how I tripped and fell. How embarrassing um, is that? But let's kick off this segment properly. It is our second favorite segment behind our interviews. It is the running update segment. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Thunderdome Running. Apostoli and I are training for the Lakefront Marathon, virtual Lakefront Marathon at this point. Hey, fun fact, we'll get to that in a second. Hold that thought, Alex. So we've teamed up with our friend Matt Thull at Thunderdome Running, and he's created a custom plan for us. Every week, Matt slides into our DMs, tells us what we need to be doing. We follow it, kind of, because we're weak and we're not good, which that's a different story, but... We love it. Custom plans. If you want a custom plan, whether you're running your first 5K, your first marathon, you want a PR in the mile, our boy Matt at ThunderdomeRunning.com will hook you up with a custom plan. So head over to ThunderdomeRunning.com and tell Matt that the Cream City Pacer sent you and that man, you're going to be in good hands there. I promise you. Yes, definitely. Um, That's the man. So back to my thought I just held. Lakefront's virtual. They just announced it. Like they mm-hmm. came out with the details. Like, do you want your money back? Do you want to defer? Do you want to run it? There. So, Lakefront back in the day used to be have relays. If you if you didn't know that, you could no. do team relays. Uh, so our friends Tyler and Jenny Zwagerman. Jenny is a friend of the pod. She's been on a few episodes. Her and Tyler used to run the relay back in the day together. Um, it died out. I don't know. It died out. But they're bringing it back this year virtually. So you and I, I'm thinking it. We could just team up here and not run the marathon, but run the marathon. run the entire marathon. Oh. And we're saying this during the Thunderdome-sponsored segment. (laughs) Dang. This is how we lose. This is how we lose sponsors. This is how we lose. Wait. This is a running podcast, and these dudes just never want to run. 
Ah, oh, you guys, it's but just... that's how they relate. That's how they relate. That's why people listen. That's why the you know the everyday people listen. And then if you guys are really good at running, you just laugh at us. You're like, ha, look at exactly. those. Exactly. Exactly. Sounds. So it's everybody wins. So we're here. Everybody wins on the CCP podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're here to give you the confidence you need to achieve your goals. Again, love our show. Um, yeah. So I skinned my knee. That was kind of lame. So I have a big scratch and bruised knees. But how is uh, San Francisco? I know you just got there. Have you had a chance to run at all? I just got here last night and I went out on a trail here. It's called the... So I'm not riding in San Francisco because who lives in San Francisco? Not only millionaires uh, or... Sounds wrong, but the millionaires and the homeless uh, live in San Francisco, unfortunately. So I'm out in uh, Dublin, which is a little outside of the city. And uh, I ran on this place called the Iron Horse Trail. It's 27 miles long. It's kind of like our, uh, like our trail, the Oak Leaf in Milwaukee. Very nice. A lot of people on it, but it's directly under the sun. It was hot today. Uh, it almost went up to 100 degrees. But, you know, I will Oof. say one thing, Alex. I did six miles. Uh it didn't feel that bad, even with being close to 100 degrees, and it was right midday that I did it. One thing about not having it be so humid, you could stand under the shade and it actually feels better. When it's humid, no matter where you go, whether you're under the sun or not, it feels like crap because the humidity carries over that heat. So. It's a different, different feeling, very different feeling. Uh, I, had, I had my mask on. People are a lot more conscious about having masks on here. I got a lot of dirty looks when I had it down and I would forget to put it up when I would see people. So definitely a different, uh, different, different, different experience. Very nice, nice little thing. So I got to do my long run in a couple of days too. We'll see how that goes. How was the tra- uh, Is this like a paved trail or like a, a dirt it's, mountain it's exactly trail? Like the Oak Leaf. Oh, nice. It's exactly like the Oak Leaf. It's a little bit wider, I would say, but very nice. Goes in between residential areas next to a creek. It, it feels like you're in Milwaukee, but with much better weather and opportunities. <laughs> well, better. There it is. Better opportunities in California than Milwaukee. Breaking news. God. What a terrible thing for a Milwaukee-based host to say. We're but not on a good streak on this episode with positive vibes right now. That's fine. We'll get over <laughs> Just listen to, listen to us next week. Now tell me about your running and talk a little bit about that uh, long run that I happened to yeah, bump yeah. into. Yeah, so um, I have, Christina and I have been taking shifts in the morning um, to run just because we're have a lot more miles to run like christina's running hansen so i feel like she runs like 10 to 100 miles a day um so that gets long for the girls so we do shifts so like saturday long runs like one of us takes like the 5 a.m shift and then one of us runs at like seven or eight o'clock right so we can get our runs in and i had the early shift and i was not feeling it and i texted up a solely and i'm like hey are you doing your long run and you're like yeah i'm about to get out the door and i'm like well maybe i'll see you on the oak leaf trail <laughs> and we met up and we were both feeling good. We're like, we're going to crush these runs. We're going to crush these runs. I had 17 miles and you had 11 miles? Mm, eight, uh, nine. Nine. Okay. 11 sounds better, but yeah. Okay. 
So we're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. You know, we're going. We're, we pick out a route. I think we're having a good time. We ran into a few friends. Niels Parker, our friend's Niels. It was good to see Niels out for a walk with his dog. Um, I don't know, like, you got a good story right here before the, the, before the, we well, hit the wall? Well, well, let's say who Niels is for people that don't know. He's one of the producers, and he's the ghostwriter uh, partner of... Ryan Holiday, and if people know Ryan Holiday, a lot of people know Ryan Holiday through his uh, daily stoic podcast, also from his books, The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, Stillness is the Key. Highly, highly recommend these books. These are books that I've read and listened to multiple, multiple times. If you need any motivation in your life, just have that as a background noise while you get it ready in the morning. Yeah. So a little shout out, that's Niels Parker, and he lives here in Milwaukee. Yeah, he's, well, not here. He, not here, I shouldn't say, well, hey, what am I saying? He lives here, we could both say that he lives here. Funny enough, he lives half in Milwaukee and half in Alameda County. Guess where Dublin is? Alameda County. So it's the it's one of the few times we can say that he lives here. And you can say it. Say it. Say it. He lives He lives here. All right. There we go. What? Niels Parker. Niels is a good guy. He also is friends with oh, I'm just going to name drop here. Tim Ferris. He actually checked this out. I just heard through the grapevine today that um through Richie that he call her daddy's a podcast by Barstool. That's pretty big. That's got a lot of news recently. Um and she had Miley Cyrus on. So I guess Niels was helping her this week plan for her show with Miley Cyrus, which is like pretty cool that that comes from Milwaukee. I felt like such a little fanboy when, when we got connected with Niels on LinkedIn. And then I saw that Ryan Holiday is a second connection. It feels, it feels great. So I guess Miley Cyrus too now. Oh, Niels is awesome. So yeah, we, we ran into Niels and I... I'm I'm like partially blind, so when I don't have my glasses on, which is 100% of the time when I'm running, I don't have them on, I can't see anyone. And like Niels was like right in front of us and Apostoli stops and I'm like, why are you stopping? And you're like, hey, it's our friend. And I'm like, well, I feel like an idiot. But and aren't you a person that squints when you can't see? Yeah, so then I just look like, who the fuck, so, who are you? So, so you kind of, maybe he thought he gave him a dirty look too. It's like literally like six fifteen in the morning, and like we're we're eyeing off with someone. To, like the only three people in third ward are us three, and we're having a showdown. Uh, but no, that was that was cool. But anyway, so we're like we're going. We're feeling good. We're feeling good. We stopped across the street just before we were by Veterans Park, and we were crossing the street there to get on the Oak Leaf. And we cross the street, and I I'm at like mile nine, so you're at mile like five four or five and i'm like oh can we walk for a second <laughs> we probably walked for a half mile i hit a freaking wall you know i still got eight miles to go here and uh it wasn't a good spot and i'm like well i felt bad because i'm like holding you back we run maybe another i run we run maybe another mile and i'm just slowly looking me and goes hey do you are, are you in a groove right now i'm like no no why is it like, well, just like one second and like i thought maybe you had to like take a text and you're like i just I think I hit the wall too. <laughs> we were like two dudes just walking the Oak Leaf Trail, like out for a stroll, stuck in the middle of nowhere. So you know what worries me is that some listeners are gonna see us and they're gonna they're gonna look at us and say, "Hey, aren't those the Current City Walkers? Is that the podcast?" <laughs> no, that's super funny. The other thing, and this is just like a dumb thing we think about, right? 
you, you run when you're running and you're passing walkers or whatever there's like this oh i'm like not i'm better than you but like you know what i mean like i'm cruising along here and we stop and everybody's passing us like we're walking so slow walkers are passing us uh you know your grandma and her best friend are passing us i mean it was like we were dead and uh it's just you got to remember everyone's in a different spot i always remember this i always remember this i don't know who i heard this from but this is great advice to take away before we get into our interview when people pass you don't ever get upset like sometimes it's like well they're faster than me and like they're in better shape and then you like get down on yourself like people play those mind games with themselves i do it all the time just remember that person could be on their uh challenge day or doing a hard workout or maybe they're only running two miles and they're sprinting it and someday you're going to be in that spot and someday you're going to be in the spot of walking because you're taking a break so don't let that get to you your your run is your run so stay positive and stick to your plan and during the races too which you don't have to worry about that for a while now because there are no races but yeah they could be having the best day of their life you don't know that or they're just pacing wrong maybe they'll they'll crash and die or crash and well that was not crash doesn't matter doesn't matter it's not a contact sport it, it is a contact sport you guys this my whole kneecap is scraped up. All right, anyways, that's enough our rambling. You guys, we have an awesome interview with Lucia. She is so fun. We, uh, we definitely talk tacos. We talk a lot about tacos. We talk about how Lucia got into running, uh, some of her races, including the New York Marathon. Uh, Girls on the Run, her involvement, and just how cool that organization is. If you guys um, have heard of it but maybe don't know a lot about it, we, we touch on that. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'll hint at her favorite song, but it's a beautiful day today. So uh, let's get into it. And now onto my favorite part of the show. I'd like to welcome Lucia, the owner of Laughing Taco, the board member of Girls on the Run, Southeast Wisconsin, and the most important part, she is a teacher right here in our local communities. Not at one school, but two schools, as I just found out. <laughs> Welcome to the Hi. show. <laughs> Hi, thank hey. you for having me. Thank you for inviting oh, me. Hey. It's always fun to talk to other runners. <laughs> oh, I love talking to other runners. That's why we started the show, so I didn't have to run with people. Because the running part's the hard part, but the talking part is the easy part. <laughs> so that's why we started the podcast, so we could just avoid the running and do the talking. Oh, I can I I am a big uh talking runner. Well, we got to go on more runs then cuz this sounds yeah. right up both of our alleys. What does your shirt okay. say? I just noticed it now. It says not running socks. How I, appropriate. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> where where is that shirt from? Like what brand is that? It's it's a Nike shirt. They got it it's kind of like an old shirt. Uh and I love I love to wear it when I'm injured. <laughs> yeah. It's like which is not the case right now. Yeah, we don't want it because you're training for New York, right? I am. I am training for the virtual version of it's not even called the New York City Marathon. It's called the New York Roadrunners Virtual Marathon. But we're all calling it the New York City Marathon this year. Why? Yeah, they can't like change that like and try to pull that stunt. Like it's the New York City Marathon Virtual. All right. I want to talk about that. But before we dive in, I give you a little introduction. But tell everyone, everyone, all listeners, a little bit about you and who you are, maybe as a runner, what you do in life, kind of whatever you want to say. First of all, I was born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico, which is northeast Mexico, a city surrounded by mountains. 
needless to say, and we can talk about that some other time about how much I miss running in the mountain. And I, you know, I went to school there. I did my, my, I did grad school in the United States. Sometime between high school and college, I was an exchange student in Wisconsin, which is where I met my now husband. Imagine that a lot of years ago. Then we reconnected a few years later than that, 20 to be exact. And then now we got married and he somehow got me to move to Wisconsin. Wow. Um, how, yeah. how did you end up in Wisconsin as an exchange student? That's a completely, well, it, it was very random. It was very random about like how my school had a, had a deal with a, with a school in Sparta, Wisconsin. For those of you from Wisconsin, if you know where Sparta is, you, you would know what that means. <laughs> wow. I always thought that was yeah. funny in high school when it was like, wait, you're from like, let's just say Germany. Like, how did you end up? I'm, we're, I'm from Fond du Lac, so like an hour north okay. of here. Like, how did you end up in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin? And like, you don't really want to be here. It's kind of lame. I don't know, but that's funny. Sparta. I mean, when you're 17, I was, I was 17 years old. I, if I was the mother of a 17-year-old girl, and take this as an advice, I wouldn't send myself to a big city either. Yeah. Like, you want to send them to the most boring town in the middle of Wisconsin. <laughs> that's exactly what you want to do, you know? So... My life was, back then, was going to school, playing tennis. That's it. Yeah. That's all I did. So you were a tennis player. So how'd you get into running? I know it's, I mean, not as recent well, as us. Well, I mean, but... it, it was, you know, like, I guess I always somewhat ran as, you know, as fitness activity. During, growing up, my, my parents were very encouraging in, in us being exercising on whatever made us happy. I think my mom, my mom made a, made a very clear statement since we were little that if it was not making us happy, then we could quit and try something else. So I went from ballet, gymnastics, taekwondo, basketball, volleyball, whatever, until I got into tennis, which is, I played tennis since I was around eight and then all the way through college. Uh, and I guess running was not even a big thing, especially not in, in you know, in northeastern Mexico. Yeah. Um, and then I started running just because I was out of college and I didn't have a tennis court to play at uh, and I needed some exercise. At the time, I, after college, I was dating this guy and he, one of his friends suggested that they ran the New York City Marathon. Uh, and I said, you guys are nuts, so <laughs> go ahead, run, do whatever you want. I'll go to New York City with you, and I'll cheer for you, but no way, that's, that's absolutely crazy. But when I was there witnessing the actual New York City Marathon, I said, I need to be a part of this. And that was it. I got hooked. Oh, it's so, always watching So he a race. ran in 2003 and 2004. I ran my first marathon at New York City Marathon. That's crazy. I mean, people, that's yeah. like the apex of people's like running career is getting into New York. And that was just your first marathon. That's pretty <laughs> it, cool. It, it is. When, when I think about it now, I mean, in retrospect, it's, it's completely nuts. Like you think of that as something that you want to do after it kind of builds up a little bit. But in our case, that was enough motivation to me to get there. And then after that... The training was funny because back then we didn't even have GPS. And back then we're talking 2004, which isn't that long ago. Yeah, it isn't that long ago. But there were, I mean, we had a polar, which was the heart rate monitor, but that was it. It didn't measure anything. You could get like the step counting pod that you, <laughs> that you would put on your shoe. So the way we trained was marking distances with our car 
and then forget about getting a like a like a water belt, you know, like for with water bottles. That was that was not even a thing either. So we would mark our route and we would have convenience stores strategically placed in the route. So we would get there and buy water or buy, you know, Gatorade or whatever it is that we were drinking. Or my mother, God bless her, she's the most supportive mom ever. She would wake up early and wait for us at specific places to give us water and, you know, whatever we needed. Oh my gosh, that's commitment for mom. She really loves you guys. Yeah, and she would bring us gummy bears and stuff because we didn't have power gels. And so when you think about it, yeah, we started and and then it moved very fast, like technology wise, it just moved super fast. But it, it it's funny to think about that, you know, like with the whole Garmin thing that happened recently, I was just laughing so much. Oh, I, I, I live it. I live and die on the likes on Strava. So I was in a dark place not being able to like <laughs> have Strava there for me. But it, saying that like marking cars or even well now it's kind of a similar situation with the water i mean in previous years it would be like hey mm-hmm. i i know i'm gonna run this long run and these are my like water fountain stops but that's not a thing anymore so you are like I'm, i've been doing laps around my house so i can stop and get water but the watch thing's crazy i can't even imagine now like our co our we use matt thull from thunderdome running for coaching us and he's like, don't look at your watch, just go. And I'm like, I know I'm going to put my watch on because I don't know where I am ever or how far I am. But yeah, so that's that's how it all started. And then, of course, of course, I broke up with that boyfriend and I, I kept running. <laughs> well, at least you got one thing out of it. Right. It is one good thing that I got out. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, so you've been running for a long time and you've been doing yeah. a l- how many marathons and half marathons? Do you, do you know that number? So I, I've done, I've completed 16 marathons and I am going to be, I'm sorry, this is going to sound pretty, but I really don't know how many halves. So you, you run a ton. That's what we're getting at. How, not anymore. Um, so the thing with races, and I guess you guys and all runners that actually do this would know is you inevitably get on the thrill and push yourself, you know, a little bit more. And a couple years ago, yeah, it was 2017, I was training for the Chicago Marathon, because this is a fun story uh, that I love to tell. I ran the Chicago Marathon on 2017 on my 40th birthday. And, but it was the 40th anniversary of the marathon. So my medal has my birth date and a 40 on it. (laughs) <laughs> not custom made it was so yeah right that's so, super cool i was training for that race and i just registered in every half marathon you can possibly imagine i did the spring marathon in chicago i <clears throat> I think rock and soul was still a thing here in milwaukee so i did that one i did the marathon the the madison half <clears throat> then the, the chicago half and i busted my leg so um, even though I do have a running coach, we can talk about my coach in a little bit, but uh, I, I, even though he would tell me, you need to pace yourself, you know, your training is not a competition, you know, you're not going for a PR or whatever. You can't, like, it's, for me at least, it's just something that I can't avoid. Like, I, I get too much into it. So I did overdid myself, and I ran the Chicago Marathon injured because I was not going to miss that race. I said, if I have to drag my leg for whatever so basically that's what i did for the last like 5k oh that sounds <laughs> terrible what did you like actually do to your leg 
Well, it was very. Cl- I was very close to a stress fracture on my uh, on my tibia. So it was it was painful. It would have been a lot more painful if I had pushed it a little bit longer. So past, I ran my I ran my twenty miler, or not even like I ran a thirty k training. And then when I won, when I had to do my 32K, that's when I couldn't. That's when it hurt too much. And then after that, it was biking only. I didn't yeah. run until a week before the marathon. I ran again. But I finished it. And I was very well, happy about that, it. Ooh, that's <laughs> a typical runner. Right? We can't not <laughs> take a break and not run. So, but that's when I decided that maybe running that many halves during the year was not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, in so terms of I, I, does that mean racing? Are you not running as much? Oh, I'm sorry. My oh no, I do. Cut out. No, I do, and I love long runs. But again, the fact that I was in the rain and the race, and that I was gonna cross a finish line, made me kind of like overdo in terms of effort. So yeah. um, I decided not to get into that many long races when I was training and now I just yeah. enjoy the runs and do it by myself. I've been, I've been running by myself for a while since I moved to Wisconsin five and a half years ago, basically. Uh, so let's, let's talk about girls on the run. So you are a board member of girls on the run. How did you get involved? How long have you been involved? Um, I've been a board, board member for a little bit over a year. Uh, so the board of directors, reached out to me because it was very um it was a very timely encounter uh through a friend of mine they needed to to bring new members in and they were looking also to bring someone um bring people that that made the the group also more diverse so that's that was another thing and when they reached out to me, I was in that place where I was missing volunteering anywhere. And because back home, I used to do that a lot and trying to find something that, that actually matched me. So this became like just perfect. Um, and I don't know if anyone, you know, if everyone's familiar with what Girls on the Run does, it's a program for girls. And it's, I mean, you could say it's like an after school program and it has uh, programs for girls between third grade and eighth grade. And it's more uh, through running. There is an important part of, of the program that it's about running, but it's more about teaching them, you know, important values like self-care and confidence and how to build their character and how to create healthy relationships. And because it comes from the, from the part that girls in, in particular, decrease their physical activity as they grow older. So if you, from the beginning, start bringing those healthy habits in, it will, it will you know, make them a little bit more motivated to continue with physical activity. And there's also the part where teenage girls become more insecure than boys mm-hmm. uh, during their teenage years. So it's also preparing them to deal with that. Uh, and the program lasts, I think it's eight weeks. Uh, and they have coaches that are trained by the national uh, girls on the run. Their graduation, if you want to say, from each semester is a 5K run. 
Okay, is that where the is that where the running ties in to the girls on the well, run? Well, every 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 session they have to do some kind of running. Okay, okay. But then they're and they are it's 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 super cool how the program is created because we kind of trick them into training, but we don't <laughs> call them that in training. You know, like they have to run and eventually they will realize that they can run a 5K, which if you tell, you know, a fifth grader that she's going to run a 5K or three miler they might look at you funny and be like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. The, the other part is how these girls motivate others without even noticing. Because, for instance, we, we ask that each girl has uh, a running buddy for the, the race, right, for the 5K. In, uh, and we encourage them that it's someone from their family. So all of a sudden they ask mom or dad or an aunt or a sister or a brother, and that person has to prepare themselves too for the right okay. So all of a sudden you have, you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. this kind of like community uh, situation going on. But more than anything, and when you, when you see the testimonies from the girls, is more of finding their own strength and their own value and how each of them is special in their own way. And definitely, you know, the attention and girl development and how we need to build their self-esteem and how we need to make sure that they're ready to, you know, to face everything and to, to be themselves in the world. It's a conversation that it's not, has not ended yet that has to keep going. And so I think the work, you know, we do is fantastic. And, and also the, you know, the board, what we do is basically make decisions and how to <laughs> continue and fundraising and yeah. stuff like that. That's pretty cool. I didn't know a ton about how Girls on the Run, like, operates with, like you were just explaining with, you know, the different sessions and incorporating running. But, you know, I think the values that it instills, I mean, just running in general, what you can learn about yourself and what you're capable of and a 5K. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't think I could run a 5K as a senior in high school. So... <clears throat> you know, being able to run marathons now, but just that concept of being able to find yourself and you guys do such a good job of, you know, educating these girls and showing them what they're capable of. And the community part of, you know, a lot of things are like, hey, okay, let's show up and the families can watch, right? Baseball, Mm -hmm. sport, whatever, but having them be involved like that is, that brings it full circle. That brings, you're making friends. Now you're bringing in family and now you're growing everyone's circles. Mm -hmm. It's, that's really powerful. It's really powerful. So what, um, over the past year, what are some of your favorite memories of Girls on the Run? I ran as a soul, I, I told you this before. So Soulmates is the program, the fundraising program. Soulmate, that's S-O-L-E, mate. Uh, and mm. basically is the, is the fundraising part. Uh, and I did, last year I ran Lakefront Marathon, actually as a soulmate and that kind of like got me motivated because the program has a has a small cost uh however the girls that can't afford the families that can't afford it will get some kind of scholarship or some kind of help so that's why we need this fundraiser so we are we make sure that most girls that want to be in the program can get the program uh so that's so yeah so that's what the soulmates fundraising part is and I think uh, from that, I ran, I ran, you know, in October, and then in February we have our main fundraising event, which is called, is called the uh, 
the sneaker soiree. I, I love the photos from that. I'll have to get invited somehow because I always thought it was oh, so cool. Oh, I'll make cool. sure you are. How everyone <laughs> dresses up and then is just wearing their running kicks. I think exactly. that's so cool. That's like, a, it's fun too. It makes it fun. And, and the, back then they showed the results of all the fundraisers and there was a testimony from one of the girls. And, and I think that was my favorite part, to see that the girls actually enjoy it so much and get so much out of it. I think it's all, it all comes to that, to see and talk to the girls and realizing how happy it makes them. But also you hear them talk and you're like, well, I wish every, in this case, it was a 10-year-old. Like, I, I wish every 10-year-old felt that way about herself. And, you know, like, and just makes you, makes you want to work for more girls to, to be able to access the program. I would be, I think that would be my favorite, my favorite memory this past year, for sure. That's great. Being on the board and being involved with Girls on the Run and you're a teacher and the fun part, because I love food, you, is you and Justin, you have to explain it because I don't know the details, but are the owners of Laughing Taco. Yes. So uh, for those of you who don't know, my husband, Justin Carlyle, is a chef in the city of Milwaukee. He, he also has Ardent, our fine dining restaurant, and Red Light Ramen, both on the east side. And then um, Justin's Justin's sitting next to her right now, and I think he just gave, did he give you like a head nod, like yeah, that's me. Yeah, he's he's he and him and our dog, our little dog Chester, are waving at us. <laughs> um, he uh, at some point, the first time he visited Mexico, he I took him to the taco places that I grew up with and that I liked, and at some point he looks around and says, you know, we don't have this in Milwaukee. <laughs> and, and at some point it was you know to take advantage of an opportunity the a space was open and it was something that worked and I still can't remember the moment when I said yes but apparently I said yes to <laughs> this project of opening a little taco shop that would serve those tacos that I grew up with um, very small menu very authentic uh, finding the right ingredients, finding, you know, the right mixes, bringing my mom over <laughs> to, to help me out with some recipes. And that's how the Laughing Tackle was born. Uh, we wanted something very clean, not in the sense of, of cleanness. Obviously, you want a place that is clean. <laughs> but, I mean, if you've, if you've been to the Laughing Tackle, all, everything's, it, all the, wall, the walls are super white. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, we don't have that many things on the walls and you know like it's like a very neat it's very space yeah. with windows and it's tiny because i mean if if any of you have been to ardent or and or rent light ramen you know we you know by now we like small places <laughs> and it just it you know it's come to the point where it has been a little bit of stubbornness on my part that i don't want to increase the menu that much but to me is just the memory of the places that I grew up with yeah. that I wanted to share with Milwaukee and that I agreed, you know, to, to do it. So that's how it, that's, that's really all it is. What's the story behind the name and the logo? So, oh, oh, you're going to love this one. My dad was very good with puns, you know, language wise. Okay. And that's a thing that I always kind of like carry around, but there's, it's not all that original because I'm sure more people have heard of it. But 
in Spanish, el ta corriendo, which is the translation for the laughing tackle. So el, the, taco, you know, tackle. Riendo is laughing. If you play with the letters and you say el, as in he, ta, as in a contraction of is, corriendo is running. No way. So, <laughs> okay. that's me secretly being a running geek. <laughs> total running geek and hence, the total running, and hence the logo i was like laughing taco is he running away telling jokes where like i there's a story behind this and now we know that is so cool so that's why if you see the logo it says the laughing taco and under laughing it says riendo and i mean under taco it says riendo and that's kind of like for spanish speakers too kind of like at that one yeah so el so i like you know obviously we we're preparing for our shows because we always prepare and i didn't see that in the milwaukee journal sentinel so i feel like this is some breaking <laughs> laughing taco news right here from your local running scene and, the cream city well, pacers and, and also i think only you as runners kind of like appreciate it more <laughs> You know, like, I think my husband rolls his eyes every time I, I tell this story. The Journal Center would be like, cut, we don't need that in here. But that's <laughs> like, them. No that's cares. not us. That's not us. Yeah. Exactly. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. We care. Well, I, we I care. care. <laughs> yeah, you care. We care. And that's why we're here, because we love, love it all. By the way, you, you asked my question. It's exactly what I was going to ask. But if we can move on to the more obvious questions, Lucia, Ooh. about... Uh-huh. What everybody's talking about. The impact that this COVID-19 has had on our segment of the business, of the, of the business world, the restaurants. Uh, how has that been for you? I know uh, I have talked to Justin a couple of times regarding uh, all the things that he was trying to do outside the box, or I should say within the box with some uh, meal ideas at Arden. Um, and also featuring art at Adelaide Taco. But obviously things are not like they used to be. How has it been for you? How has the past few months felt? Well, I'm going to say at the beginning, the uncertainty to me was the hardest part to deal with. The not knowing what was going to happen more than anything else. You know, when you know you know, something's coming, you can prepare for it. But in my case, it was, how do you prepare for something that you don't know that it's going to happen? Like, to me, that was, I think that was, what stressed me out at the beginning with everything uh, was that. Uh, secondly, I think my first worry was what's going to happen to my employees? Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, that I think that's, that was probably my, my first worry was how am I going to be able to take care of them? My employees are very smart too, and we have a small staff, which in this case was fortunate because I, you know, I didn't, when, when we closed, they were able, some of them were able to collect employment, whatever. We closed for like four weeks once things started to get a little bit serious. And when we noticed that people were not coming to the shop, so it became a, a thing of let's close because one, it's going to be a waste. Two, if we don't close right now, we risk having to close forever if we don't get any income. My employees were extremely, extremely understanding 
and we said as soon as we can we will bring you back and i think uh we were we were fortunate enough to get you know the the ppp loan and as soon as we got approved for that we brought the employees back but it was always the feeling of we can't open the dining room no one felt safe they don't felt that we didn't feel safe so that was the most limiting part you know it's tacos you want to come in you want to sit down you want to hang out you want to have a beer you want to have a slushy it's definitely not the same we came up with a couple ideas like the i don't know you know we have like the taco kit we call it where you get the meat and you get the tortillas and you can make your own tacos so that helped you know getting a little bit of uh getting a little bit creative i think we we had to i think people like that getting uh the pickup ordering somehow but it's it's been the community has been fantastic I, I, that's one of the things that I'm more thankful and not surprised, but so grateful of how the community has responded to it. And I think that was one change, how, how people kept coming back. And uh, we did see, in our case, for instance, our lunch hour depends on people that work close by. Mm. You know, that's, that's our traffic. They're not back yet. Which for you guys, for people that don't know, you you're is that technically Fifth Ward, Walker's Point, Walker's well, yeah, Point, yeah, Fifth Ward, Walker's Point, Walker's. on right on the corner of First and National. So for instance, all the the guys from Rockwell. Yeah, I was gonna say you now do not have Rockwell there. Yeah, so those guys were amazing. We would see them once a week, and they are not there, and they don't live close by. Like it's not like something. Few of them do come once in a while to get takeout, which is very nice, and. But it's, it's, you know, and you totally understand, you don't, you know, if you live in Mequon, why would you, why would you drive all the way here? You know, I totally understand. And there's, and there's local businesses there that need their, their help too. So it was, it was that I think right now we have come up with a way of um, kind of balancing, but yet it has affected the way we do business in terms of how we, how we work as a team how we do the the shopping for you know like for for the food even even the the customers have found out a different way to to come in and call you if they don't want to you know like come in they call you so we come out and all that i think it's it's just affected in in ways to me that if we go back to normal whatever that was I hope a lot of things stay, if that makes any sense. Yes. Definitely, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of that sensitivity that some, cost, especially some customers are showing towards us, I hope that never ends. You know, I think that's, you know, like in some cases, I know we hear all the horror stories about the, you know, the non-pleasant uh, customers, wow. but I, 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 Decrease. I. I don't. You know, like I can't even count more than five bad experiences that I've had in the past months. Uh, and another thing is, um, we now have outdoor seating. Uh, we still don't have indoors. Like we don't have the dining room open, but we were able to get a permit from the city, and we have a couple of tables outside right now. And, and I think that's another thing that the city, at least, is cooperating and giving us that. You know facilitating that that situation as well for some of us uh that we thought it was going to be harder 
uh, but you know, and and now it's there and people have been enjoying it. I understand. It's not exact. It's not been exactly comfortable to be outside either <laughs> with this humidity. But nothing that a cold beer or a slushy can, you know, a boozy slushy cannot solve. A boozy slushy so, sounds so good as we keep bringing it up during this conversation. But on the other hand, we we did have to. For instance, we used to be open on Sundays for brunch, and right now we're not because it was there was no one there. So that was kind of sad that we had to get a go with that. Um, so there were some things that we had to. We cut our, our hours. We used to close at 10. Now we're, we're until 8. Because, you know, you have to adjust. Mm-hmm. So yes. we, we remain optimistic, I guess. All of us, I'm going to say. I hope. I think, I think our optimism also is... Uh, could possibly be us not caring so much anymore because we've been hit so hard that you just you just over <laughs> over. Uh, it reminds me of a quote from uh, Jim Carrey when he did The Grinch. I don't know if you've watched that movie as a kid. Maybe I, I, I remember I watched it and I saw the back the the outtakes, not the outtakes, but the interview about it. And he said that costume was so uncomfortable. It was itchy, and I would have to stay in it for 12 hours acting. And somebody could come to me after I was wearing it, punch me in the face, and I would say, well, hello, how are you? Uh, That's how how this past few months have felt. Yeah, absolutely. It comes to that point, and you're like, it could be worse. And then you question yourself, like, could it? Like, at this point, like, it can only get better. You know, like, I feel feel like we have to think that way, that, Mm -hmm. that we have... As of now, we cannot continue thinking that it's going to get worse. We can only feel and believe that it's only going to get a little better, you know, as we move forward. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's one of the qualities that you said uh, we're going to mm-hmm. stay with and we're not going to forget the lessons that we've learned here. Now, the next, yeah. the next part here, uh, I'm going to pass it over to Alex, who's going to ask you some of our rapid-fire questions. <laughs> We, we, oh, okay. like to, we like to end every episode with some fun running questions, but this first one is a non-running question for people, okay. our friends who haven't been to Laughing Taco. What is one thing you recommend someone new gets when they come to Laughing Taco? If you eat meat, you have to try the pirata, which is uh, one of our best-selling items, and... My personal favorite, okay. not only at Laughing Taco, like that is my favorite taco. Okay, and what is that exactly? So it's flour tortilla with melted caramelized cheese in it, avocado, and beef. Well, I, that's, I had that my first time at Laughing Taco, and I was like, can I just get six more of these to go? Yeah, so, so that has, and if you don't eat meat, uh, then I strongly recommend the cactus. People are very skeptic about it. Like, that. why Why would anyone eat cactus? Well, let me tell you, cactus, it's a very high-fiber recommended thing to eat. And it's delicious, and it my, it's my mom's recipe. Okay. And it's not spicy, even though it looks spicy. It's not. All right. Well, there so. it is, everyone. Go try those two things out. Okay. Let's get into these question, questions. Okay. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? 
It's like drive. Nice. Uh, it, <laughs> I laugh because it used to be lakefront, like Lincoln Memorial. Okay. Until I got attacked by a red wing blackbird. Ooh, yeah. Were you down by the cove, like by the Veterans Park Cove? I was... The first... It, they attacked me twice. No. The first one was... Uh, no, it was very close to, to Bradford Beach. And, yeah, it was it was super scary. And then the second time, it was a little bit farther towards Veteran Park. Ugh. Black, uh, so those no, are the worst. They are. They're, they're so fearless. They will... Uh, yeah. If you look up in the sky, sometimes you'll see them chasing eagles, falcons. They do not care at all about their. No, they're skin. No, I'm terrified of those. They're very territorial. <laughs> Even deer. Yeah. Go so. Pinch deer's butts. It's, it's the funniest thing. Pinch deer's butts. Yeah. So, so then that's why I kind of like avoid it now. So, like, drive towards Shorewood, Adwater Beach, and all that area. I think it's. I like it. I don't know. I love it. Shade. I love running past Adwater. It's beautiful. Beautiful mm-hmm. view. Okay, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? My sister-in-law. That, okay, that is the fastest answer anyone's say. ever, people get caught up on this and like we have to cut out the dead space. I she's love my ru- it. She's been my running partner forever and I miss running with her every single time. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get her up here. Uh, what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Um, so I... <laughs> <laughs> and we we have discussed this one previously, but um, I get especially in big races like halves and full marathons, I get into my quiet zone before the race. Okay. But if I was going to start, I would say yeah, you too. Beautiful day. It's one of them. Uh, that I forgot about that song until you texted us that. However. This is something, uh, my wake up song on my alarm on race day is the circle of life from the Lion King. No, that's (laughs) epic, epic. Justin hates it, (laughs) hates it. But that's how I wake up on race day. Just race day, day. not like a normal Tuesday, just race day. Yeah. Where did that come from? I feel like, is there a story? I think I read it somewhere. Okay, wait, wait. that's super if, funny. Try it. If you don't bounce out of bed with that song. Is that, yeah. Is that the one where the movie starts with? Is like, hey, yeah. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, okay. Yep, that one. Exactly that one. I feel you. Just, if yeah. you don't that, jump out of bed with that song, then I, I, you should check yourself. <laughs> check like yourself you, before you wreck you yourself. You wake up. You wake up because you wake up. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then our final question it, what is one piece of advice you want to pass along to new runners? Um, wow. I get, oh, that's a, I guess every time someone asks me, I always tell them none of us were born being able to run a full marathon. I think it's it's it takes a lot of patience, but if you pay attention, you're gonna realize that you're able to run one more meter every single time. I'm sorry, I'm talking me. I talk in meters because I'm Mexican. I talk metric system, but 
every time you go back out, you will be able to run one more step without feeling like you die. So I guess be patient would be my advice to new runners. I love that. The way you worded that, you weren't, you weren't born to run a marathon. <laughs> what that's triggered, triggered in my mind is like, you, have, you can't just do that. You have to train. You can't just go run a marathon. You have to have had trained yeah, in and, some way. And I always, and I always so tell true. people the first time I went out on training <laughs> that I thought I ran, and I tried to run 5K all, I realized I was not there yet <laughs> even. Like, yeah, I would go out and run, mm-hmm. but, and then, and, and eventually I could. And eventually I could run 5K and eventually I could run 10 and then I could run 15. Yeah. And I, all of a sudden, you know, like, and your body just responds. And it's, that's what I love about training. Mm-hmm. Totally. I enjoy the training so much. I might be weird. Oh, that's like my wife. She's like, I don't actually like the race as much as I like the training. But I, and that's why this year training for the virtual, I mean, some people, and I know we didn't talk much about this, but some people tell me like, are you sure you want to do it? Like, there's not going to be people yeah. and there's not going to be cheering sections. I'm like, are you kidding me? I get to drink whatever I want. <laughs> no one will impose any sports drink on me this year. <laughs> I will not be drinking yellow Gatorade at every exactly. re- rest stop. Exactly. That makes my stomach get all messed up i get to pick where i want to run if i want to avoid hills i will <laughs> not that it's that easy in milwaukee but people need your mindset for virtual races because that's is that, so and to right me is, and i and i want to train for it mm-hmm. that's well, that's you know yeah. it, it might snow on race day i don't know but I'll tell you what, it might snow, but that's going to be a lot cooler than it is right now or last well, weekend for yeah. that long well, run. Well, last year, last year I ran Lakefront in October and then I, because why not, I went back to Monterrey to run at the Monterey Marathon in December, feeling that I was going to be so strong. And I was, but it was 85 degrees yeah, that's, at the beginning of December. That's tough. So needless to say, it was a very fun race. It wasn't my base, best one. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so much fun. It was so much fun because my family was there and my friends were there. And, you know, like my sister-in-law ran also. So it was, you know, but no, um, I think snow wouldn't be the worst <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that could happen that day, to be honest. That's great. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show. And... Uh, where can people learn more about Laughing Taco if they want to place an order? Do you guys have, are you on social? So we are on social media. We are in Facebook, Instagram. Uh, our webpage is under remodelation. We are, we are fixing it. We're making it pretty. Plus we are coming up with a new ordering system that is going to be easier for everyone. Uh, but should be ready in a couple of weeks and it's uh thelaughingtaco.com great so in the um, meantime do we that, just give you a call then or stop by you could give us a call there is an or- we are we are we have a temporary order online ordering system on uh, explore talk.com slash laughing tackle 
uh, you can find that link in our webpage, I mean, in our Facebook page or in our Instagram bio. And, or you can just give us a call. And we also have uh, delivery through DoorDash. Sweet. All right. If you guys have not eaten Laughing Taco, then you need to go try it. And if you have, then this is just a reminder to stop by after your long run this weekend and get some tacos. Exactly. And if you run, if you, if you do your long run on a Saturday, I strongly recommend Saturday morning. I strongly recommend you get the brunch taco, the, the uh, pork belly taco in flour tortilla. I'm Tell looking you. at the website Best right now. I'm getting post- hungry. Best post running food ever. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again. (laughs) Before I go, have to raid the refrigerator. Let's get out of here. It was great talking to you. And everyone, until next Friday, keep on running.